You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 105. We're talking all about the truth about pole dancing. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. What's up, coach? Thank you so much for pushing play on another episode of the PT Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Simpson. And if this is the first time you're hanging around out around here, thank you so much for pushing play. I've got another awesome episode and an incredible guest. Today, I'm bringing to you Delijah Amelia, who is the founder of Black Girls Poll. And she is a Midwestern girl from Warren, Ohio, but New York City has been her heart and home for the last 12 years. She's a dancer, anatomy nerd, lifestyle blogger, entrepreneur, and obsessive life giver. So, We chatted on this podcast about her mission. She is changing the narrative, both around fitness and pole specifically, and bringing pole to the people and debunking some of the common myths around pole dancing, which she breaks down in this episode. She's on a mission to change the world, and I am super excited to get this out to you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and roll that interview. What's up, Delijah? Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited about this. Thank you so much. This is going to be so fun. So for those of you who have never heard of Delijah, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and how you got there. Sure. So uh, my name is Elijah. I am a pole dancer. Um, I've been pole dancing for about 14 years. Um, and I started off just as, you know, taking a few classes here and there. I really, really fell in love with it. And from that, I started competing in pole dancing and I started traveling the world to teaching pole dancing to different people. Um, and then I started to realize that, you know, there were not a lot of women of color um, that were doing the competition route and doing the things that I wanted to do. So I, I created um, a company called Black Girls Pole and it was really just, it started off as like a one-time thing, but then it's, here we are like six years later. So yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So now first I just want to dive in a little bit into how you even got into pole in the first place. Cause I feel like there is a lot of stigma just around pole and fitness in the first place. Yes. So I actually started, they were offering classes at my, uh, my gym. I was a member uh, at crunch gym in New York city Wait, stop. Cause I was a fitness manager for 19th street in, in at crunch Manhattan. I ended up being the district fitness manager for crunch. So I remember when they brought pole. All right. So you, so your gym, you heard of pole back in 2015 when our gym 2008, 
Okay, great. Okay, so then Crunch brought it to the gym. And I remember when they brought it to the gym. Okay. Yes. And I I moved to New York City um, from Ohio. Like I graduated from Ohio State. And then I was like, I'm going to dance. I'm going to do commercial dance life. And I did. And I did the, the auditions and, you know, taking like 20 classes a day at Broadway Dance Center. And I was in a dance company. And it was kind of like, it wasn't like fulfilling and it wasn't fueling my soul as much as I thought it would be. Um, and a friend of mine one day, like my little workout buddy, she was like, we should try a pole dancing class. And I was like, I don't know. Like I was very like hesitant. I was like, I don't know, like maybe did it. And then I was absolutely hooked on it. She like literally quit probably like three months later. Um, but here I am like 14 years later and yeah, it was the best thing that I, have ever done. That's amazing. Okay. So you are working at crunch and you transitioned into group fitness. And so did you get to teach the pole class? I did. So I, from, I'm trying to remember, oh God, this is like back. So I wasn't even working at crunch. Um, then I started teaching at body and pole, which is like a huge pole studio in New York city. And, um, they actually, they're the ones that actually brought the program to crunch is the, the founder of the owner of body and pole. And she was kind of like my mentor. Her name is Kira. And she was like my pole mom and everything. And she's got me really into like training. They did a work study. I did a work study program at body and pole, which is basically like you train and clean the studio for a whole year, but it's like free training. Um, so that was really like a monumental moment in my pole journey because I really got to train um, from like champion pole dancers. So yeah. Great. So can you just dive into a little bit of that? Like, first of all, what are some of the common misconceptions that people have about pole dancing and, you know, things that you are here to shift their perspectives on? And then what are, you know, what's the difference between someone who's doing it for fun and fitness versus someone who's competing? Um, there's, there's so many misconceptions of it. Um, I, I think first of all, the, the number one question that I always get asked is, oh, are you a stripper? And it's like, well, no, I'm not. Um, but the, the amount of respect that I have for strippers and sex workers is, is like beyond because they are incredibly talented and our worlds do like do this, you know, but there's, there's kind of like the studio pole dancer and then like the stripper pole dancer, they do mix and mingle, but you know, for the most part, I'm definitely a studio pole dancer. Um, so the misconception is always like, Oh, you must be a stripper. And it's like, Oh no, I'm not. And then the other one is like, Oh, you have to have like gymnastics and you have to know how to be flexible and you have to know how to do all of this. A lot of times people think that they just, they can't do it because I'm not flexible. I'm not strong. I'm not this. I'm not that. So people sometimes leave it to the side because they're like, this is something I'll never be able to do. Um, which is not true because I've had people, I've had students who've never done any form of dance, any form of gymnastics, any form of any kind of training, and they're amazing at pole dancing. Um, so those are some of the misconceptions that go with it. Um, the other thing too, is that, wait, what was the other question you asked? Oh, the difference between training and so, huh? 
being just a, like a, you know, regular pole dancer, you go take a class, like maybe like once a week, twice a week. It's kind of like a hobby of yours. You really, really like it. You'll still 1000% benefit from it because pole dancing will totally change your life and totally change how you view your body and the amount of confidence that comes from it is insane. Um, but once you get into that competitive level of it, it's like, I'm training like five, six days a week. Um, you know, I'm not sitting on the couch, eating ice cream, watching Netflix. I'm watching what I'm eating. Cause you do have to get to that level of like that competitiveness. And, you know, the trainings are sometimes like four five, six hours a day. So to train, yeah. to compete six hours a day. Oh my gosh. So what are they measuring? Like, how are they, like, what are you, I know nothing about competition pole dancing, just so you know. So, so there's, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely different kinds of competitions. Um, there's competitions that will measure, you know, um, technicality on certain things. So there's certain moves that you have to execute with a certain level of technicality, making sure that your toes are pointed, making sure, you know, that you have the range of motion, making sure that the flexibility is there. So a lot of times when people judge, they're, they're judging on technicality, they're judging on the flexibility. They're also judging on the creativity of of your piece. And if you do have like the stage presence, you know, because you could be doing all of these cool things, but if you're not captivating your audience, then it's kind of like, okay, that's really cool. Um, and then it also just depends on like the level of tricks that you are doing. Um, some competitions will rank you higher if you do things higher up the pole. So, you know, that if you go all the way up to like a 13 or 14 foot pole, then, and you're doing tricks that you're hanging on by like one arm, you know, yes. Uh, so yeah. Got it. Got it. So when someone is training for a competition, what are the skill acquisition? Like what are the skills that they need to have? And you know, how, like what tricks, like what are their, like, what are, is it, is the goal? Like I need to do 12 tricks in three minutes. Um, <laughs> yes and no. Um, I do believe I haven't competed in a while because now I just like to coach people. I'm, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. past, past my, my competition prime. Um, but I do know that some competitions you do have to like stay on the pole for like 60 seconds. So you're not allowed to have your feet touch down and you do have to stay up there just continuously doing like different transitions from one move to another. Um, and then you will get ranked higher for certain moves. Now flips are really in. So like flipping off of the pole or flipping onto the pole is a really big thing. Um, there's moves called like handsprings and Aisha's and brass monkeys and all of these words that you're probably like, what is this? But those are all like whole <laughs> terminology kind it's of things. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, some of it sounds like gymnastics. Like some of it is... Yes. Similar, like hand, you hear hands. I'm sure the tech, the technical components are different. I'm sure, but the idea of um, the idea of jumping or you know flipping onto a pole that sounds terrifying. Sometimes it can be. <laughs> Sometimes it absolutely can be. Yes. Okay. So now, you know how in bodybuilding competitions, you are also judged for your aesthetics and looks. Is that the case in, is, does that come to pole? It doesn't. Um, and I think that's what the beauty of pole dancing is, is that it's so pod body positive. 
And it's so accepting of all shapes, sizes, pronouns, everything, you know, this, this, um, I think that this pole dancing world has just really opened its doors to everybody. Like everybody can pole dance. And I think that's, what's so cool about it is it's so accepting of whatever you look like. We don't care what you look like. Just make us clap. You can shake your ass. You can do all the things you want to do. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I love that. Okay. So yeah. now you mentioned, and I do want to, I want to dive into it a little bit, um, in terms of, you know, in addition to this inclusivity component of pole, you also talked about like body confidence and body, uh, you know, stepping into body confidence essentially, which seems counter when you also talked about, you know, the, the whole concept of sex in our world, even though it sells, it tends to, there's still a lot of shame that's associated with that. How do you, like, are you getting people that are literally like, don't have to work through any of the shame? Like, how are you bridging that gap? Oh no, they absolutely do. Um, you know, I think with pole dancing, you, you are able to like go into your own like space, you know, because when the music plays and, and your instructor or your teacher tells you, I just want you to dance. Like, don't think about tricks. Don't think about anything. Um, a lot of times in my class, I will actually tell my students, just watch yourself in the mirror and pick the things that you like about yourself, you know, because that's where the confidence comes in. It doesn't come from being like, oh my God, I look fat when I do this. Oh, you know, we, we all do that. And it's like, that's not how you're going to be able to build the confidence. The confidence is going to be able to happen when you can look at yourself, no matter what size, no matter how you're feeling that day and be like, you know what, I'm a because I can pole dance and I can do this and I feel sexy doing this. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I know that I feel sexy. So I think that that is where you start to build your, your students up from just, you know, the first day that they come into class, because it definitely, it's a journey. It is such a journey of, of finding how to love yourself and your body. For sure. So what are some of your, you know, how does someone, what are some of the reasons that people come to class? Like, do they come to be like, I just want to see what this is about? Like, what what brings them to class? 90% of the students that I have for my beginner's class, the, the number one thing they say is, I want to build confidence in my body. Yeah, yeah. I want to build confidence and I want another form of exercise besides going to the gym and running on a treadmill, you know? Uh, so, or lifting weights. So yeah, that is the, the biggest thing. And I think too, that now both women and men are really seeing this art form as like, I can really feel sexy and I can feel confident just doing this. Even if I have only taken like three classes, I feel better after that third class than I did, you know, before I ever did pole dancing. So it's, it's really a miraculous thing to, to be able to watch. And be a part of and help facilitate. That's amazing. Okay. So what are some, you know, for someone like me, who's like, oh, this is so fun to watch, but could never imagine myself doing right now, never say never. And I'm like, okay, maybe I will do this. Um, I, I'm curious, like, you know, not all teachers are created equal. So what are some of the 
things that you would tell a beginner to watch out for, to pay attention to? Like, what are some of the things that they're looking for when they're looking for a class? Um, I would definitely say find teachers that, you know, speak positivity to you. If, if you ever have an instructor that's like, oh no, you can't do this because dot, dot, dot. Then it's like, let's, let's move on to someone else. You know, I always tell my students to not everyone is going to be able to lift their ass over their head and get upside down the same way that I do, but let's figure out another way to do this. You know, so it's constantly just encouraging. You always want to have a teacher that's going to encourage you to, to be the best you in that class and not feel defeated in the class. I, I always want someone to leave at least getting one thing out of the class you know, um, because if they didn't, then I didn't do my job as an instructor. Um, so yeah, so I really, really want them to feel comfortable in my class. And I think that that's the same thing too. Also, a lot of times people will go to classes because they like this person on Instagram or whatever, but it's like, don't take classes from bodies that are not your body type. You know, if you have that, if you have that option, because the, the people that have the same body type as you probably struggled with the same things that you're going to struggle with, um, you know? So it's like finding someone that you can really vibe with. Um, I think a lot of times that helps with me because a lot of people are like, I came to your class because like you're curvy, you're not like stick thin and you can still do all of these amazing things. So if you could do it, then I know that I can do it, you know? So I think that helps too. Do you think that there's any value or merit into working with someone that is different? Like, do you think that that has value? Yes, I do. I think getting to a certain like level, because, you know, I'm not going to be able to give every, uh, give you everything that you see on the, on the interwebs. So it's like, once you get to like a certain level and you have a few classes under your belt and stuff like that, and you do want to start branching out, absolutely. Because you want your pole vocabulary to be versatile. So taking classes from different instructors, absolutely. But build the base and the foundation first. Beginners, for, for your beginners, make yes. sure you work with someone who gets you. Totally, yes. totally, totally, totally. Yeah. So what are some of the hardest tricks that, uh, that were for you to learn? How long did it take you? Like, what were some of the hardest things? That's, oh, that's hard. Um... You're like, oh, pole, all pole dancing. Right. All pole dancing is hard. I would say there's a move that's called a Jamila. If any pole dancer is listening to this, it's probably like, you couldn't do a Jamila. Um, for me, I just didn't understand the mechanics of the move. So what that do you move was, was hard for me to do. Um, I, I actually learned how to do it by teaching it a million times. What so is, I, what do you have to do? It's like you hold the pole to your side and you, you have to like put the pole in your hip and open up to a straddle. So oh, your body is like horizontal. Got it. With and your legs are over your head that way. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what are some of the other moves that are, people tend to struggle with most? Um, inverting, getting upside down. A lot of times people have a hard time getting upside down. Uh, that's just basic. But if you're talking about like, advanced moves there's like a move called a fungi there's like brass monkeys there's definitely all of the flips um a phoenix is a move that people have a hard time getting handsprings aisha's aisha pops 
get onto the like like a backspring onto the pole backspring a handspring onto the pole you can handspring you can like cartwheel handspring onto the pole oh my gosh that's like so that is like oh my god i just envision hitting the pole and then slaying out <laughs> a handspring on a pole is not like a backhand spring like in gymnastics it's like a like a flip to get upside down and you're holding the pole by like your hands so got it so what type of you know strength like are we like are you usually training like lower body strength upper body strength like yeah yeah tell me go it's it's mostly upper body um because a lot of pole dancing is pulling so you're constantly pulling yourself to get upside down you're constantly pulling yourself to like balance on the pole so a lot of it is traps a lot of it is lats a lot of biceps a lot of a lot of core um yeah i would definitely say a lot of people get injured uh they like will out outstretch their rhomboids because you know just repetition of doing the same moves over and over um so that's a lot of injuries that happen a lot of shoulder injuries happen um but that's just because people are like overtraining and don't know when to stop yeah because they love it and they have fun love it. yes so do you recommend that people, you know, train for the pole, meaning, you know, they work a little bit on some of the other, not, not just skill acquisition that they actually train. Um, meaning like cross train, like do weights. Yeah. yeah. Or like counter, you know, if you know that you're going to be on the pole and that you need to, you, you know, you're going to do a lot of shoulder stuff. Like, are you going to counter that to help, comp, you know, with compensations? I see what you mean. Um, so yes. In a lot of classes, they, you know, the warm up is so vital because it really starts to like get your shoulders warmed up. So a lot of classes for pole dancing is a lot of like planks, a lot of push-ups, um, just to get your shoulders like really warmed up. Um, and then there are certain moves that you do you can do like pole crunches you can do you know where you're holding onto the pole and doing like crunches that way um and you can do like push-ups on the pole i like to do push-ups on the pole to kind of help me warm up my shoulders um so there is like that like gradual warm-up before you just like go balls to the wall and start doing like all of the crazy hard tricks um now a lot of people i do recommend cross training because you want to make sure that you're balanced and you want to make sure that you, you know, you're a lot of times people will only work like their good side on pole dancing. Um, so the other side will, you know, not be as strong. So cross training definitely helps like lifting weights, doing anything that you can get your hands on. I wouldn't say cardio, but I would definitely say weights um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, it is a cardiovascular event to be on the pole. It's like muscular endurance. Okay. Yeah. It's because the longest that a piece is going to be the, the max that a piece is going to be is like four minutes. So it's, and it's really like staying up there. Can your muscles actually like hang on, you know, and I've, I've been in competitions before and I've been training before where I like, I'm like shaking because my muscles are like, okay, we're done. We're tapped out. We're, we're done. Get off, like get down you know, or you're going to injure yourself. So it also comes along with like that building your muscular strength and building that endurance for your muscles to, 
to lift your ass over your head. <laughs> but six hours, that's not a cardiovascular event. I mean, you said people train sometimes for six hours. I don't train for six hours. I, I'm like a two hour, two and a half max kind of person. Okay. Yeah, no. But oh. I do know that people, I do know people that will do like two hours, take a break, two hours, take a break. Like, you know, so I, I wouldn't say six hours straight. I don't know any pole dancer that, that can trade for six hours straight, actually. That's a long time, but it is in like blocks of time for sure. I see. Okay. So, you know, how often are competitions and how long do people usually train for them? Uh, for them. Um, I say, give yourself like six months to train for it. If you know, it's happening three months is really pushing it, but I would say six months to start, you know, at least working on the moves that you want to do and executing them. Um, if you don't have the moves by a month into the competition, like take it out because you don't want to risk, you know, Adrenaline. yeah, you don't want to risk something happening. Um, but generally like six, six months. And then, um, now there's now actually, there's a lot of, I've actually judged virtual competitions because of COVID. Um, so that's been really cool to be able to watch people like at home in their own element. Um, but usually there's probably a competition like every, like every two, three months, I would say. Often and all year, is there like an on season or off season? Not really. There's a um, a company called Pole Sport Organization, and they actually have competitions like all over the world. And then, and I want to say August, they have like their like big like world. So whoever won from all of the different regions, they come together and they like hash it out for first place to be the national champion. Yes. <laughs> so who's the national champion now? Oh God. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't actually, I actually don't really know. Is that like, do you, are you a national champion for a year and then they have a new national yes. champion? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And what that often ha- like, does that, I feel like I never hear about that. People don't because they don't think that pole dancing has competitions. So a lot of times people just don't, you know, know about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, Do um, now if let's, you'll say you're competing, like, do you get like a pro card? Is it like people like work, like a profession to like earn money on? So I do know for PSO, the national champion, it's $10,000 reward um, for first first place. Um, other competitions, there's definitely, it's like a clout thing. So once you, and I think the money is like the long, the, it's the long game of the money because like when I did a competition and I won a competition, I was then able to go travel and teach, you know, workshops at different places. So I got to like live in Switzerland for a month, just teaching and traveling all over Switzerland. Yeah. So I think that, you know, you build the name and then people want you to come teach them. So that's kind of how the pole industry is. So, you know, in the pole industry, where is it the most popular? Oh gosh. It's really, really 
big in Australia. It's really, really big in Europe. And it's really big in the United States. Those are probably the three that it's like, yeah, Australia is huge for pole dancing. Um, there are some really dope pole dancers that come out of Australia. And then Europe, it's mostly like France. The UK has a huge uh, pole dancing uh, community there. Um, yeah, but then the United States, of course, like there's pole studios all over the United States. Wow. And you've gotten to travel all over the United States to teach at these places. Yeah, it's really cool. It's very rewarding. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. So let's go back a little bit more into your story and your mission and your, you know, how you, how you got about there. Can you, can you expand? Sure. Yeah. So, um, like I said, when I was doing competitions and stuff, you know, representation is so, so key to when you're doing something and you feel like no one else looks like you. So when I was competing and stuff, there was like a handful of black pole dancers that I really looked up to, but I was kind of like, like, where are the rest of them? I feel like there should be more, you know? Um, and so I just, created black girls pole as like a one-off event just to do like a celebration of black pole dancers um and it was in new york city at the studio that i teach at we had classes during the day and then there was like a big showcase at night of some of the instructors that i knew um so after that i was like okay that was really great like we did it cool people were like, well, when's the next event? Like, well, what are you going to do next? And wh what are you doing? And, you know, I got like some, um, I had some articles written about me and like vibe and, you know, different places and stuff. So I was like, okay, this is really great. And then, yeah. So I was like, I guess I should continue doing this. Uh, so the next event we had was like in Atlanta. And then I thought to have a retreat. Um, so I had a pole dancing retreat in Miami and cool and it, this is your company right yes and this was for black girls pole so it was really a great way to get black pole dancers to come to a retreat and learn from other black pole dancers that they had maybe seen you know on on the interwebs and stuff like that so when i actually started i always tell this story when i started my instagram page for black girls pole um i was i couldn't find like black pole dancers i was reposting like the same like 10 to 20 pole dancers and then i remember the day that i got to 100 followers and i was like this is the best day ever there's a hundred people that are following me oh my god you know and now it's like well over a hundred thousand followers and it's just like it's blown it's, up yeah it's really blown up so now it's very easy to find black pole dancers yeah but I'm curious, like what caused, what caused people to like, when you looked around and you were like, where is everybody? Like what caused that? Was it, would you say that it was like, what caused that? I'll just leave it at that. Um, I, I think that the stereotype of black pole dancers only being strippers uh, was one thing. I also think that you know, pole dancing, when I started this like seven, six, seven years ago, it was still kind of like this stigma around it. A lot of people didn't, didn't, I know people still like, don't tell their families that they pole dance, that don't tell, you know, their, their, their jobs that they pole dance and stuff. So there's a lot of like secretism towards it. And that's another reason why a lot of pole dancers have like, like stage names so that their jobs can't find them or so that their families can't find them. So I think 
once Black Girls Poll came out, it was really a safe space and a platform for women of color to feel safe and say like, if they're doing this, I can do this and I can showcase it. So I do think that it's just been an, a community of welcoming, you know, sisterhood and also welcoming just women of color to, to be able to go outside of their box and explore this. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, stigma for sure. I mean, yeah. I definitely can understand that for sure. That's, that's, that's intense. Yeah, I remember, I mean, my, my, my first competition, my mom, mm -hmm. she, you know, they were kind of like, we sent you to Ohio State and you, you're still ended up on the pole. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And it took her like watching my first competition to be like, oh, wow, this is like really like art, like what you're doing. And she was, you know, because I was a gymnast uh, my whole life. So I really incorporated like gymnastics into my routines and stuff. And she was like, oh my God, these gymnastics classes like paid off, you know? So it was really, it took her to see it and be in that environment and see the camaraderie and how much love there is in the room, you know, when people are performing and stuff to understand what the community is about. Yeah. Okay. So now you've created this incredible community. Now what's the vision? Like what's, where do you see black girls poll going? Like what is the mission and the vision? Um, so <laughs> that's funny you asked that. So I'm actually working now, uh, with my team to actually create like chapters, I guess you would call them or like citywide, you know, because most people always say like, I, how do I become a part of black girls poll? If I don't go to the retreats, if I don't go to like the, you know, the shows and stuff, how do I become a part of it? And I really want to be able to say, well, there's a black girls poll branch in Miami and there's a black girls poll branch in Houston. And then there's one in like Detroit and there's one in LA. So now it's really working on turning this into a like worldwide, like worldwide um, you know, community. And it's crazy that I've actually had people, I'll tell this story. One day I was like, so just frustrated, you know, like being an entrepreneur. And I was like, this is not going anywhere. Like I'm exhausted and tired. I, I can't keep like doing this. And I opened my email and I had an email from a girl that was in Nigeria. And she was just like, I just want to thank you so much for creating this because like, I, you know, being able to see people that look like me doing this gives me so much hope. And I just lay there and I was like crying. And I was like, this person wrote me from Nigeria. Like what, how, how is this happening? You know? Um, and that really was like, wow, this can be a worldwide community. If I, if, if I allow it to, to grow past me. So, yeah. So that's, working on we're we're getting into other markets of the world market uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. and scary i feel it's like you're paving scary. the way for lots of different things like you are really like attacking like you're you're paving the way for a lot of people for sure thank you it is it's it is scary definitely it's definitely scary but also knowing that you can't do it by yourself um mm -hmm. is you know, being able to, to delegate task is something that I've 
had to learn how to do because I had a baby. So it's like, I can't do everything, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. for sure. So what are the, some of the biggest challenges that you've had to face as you've gone through this? Um, definitely like time. I, 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 I think just having the time to, to do it and pouring into it as much as I can, um, has been a challenge. And then another thing is too, it's like, I being the boss, sometimes my training will go down because it's like all the, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because you're so busy trying to amplify everybody else that it's like, oh my God, I actually haven't trained for myself in like three weeks you know, so sometimes like my things will go by the wayside because I'm trying to make this, you know, so much bigger. Um, that's been a challenge. Other things is also, you know, you get, you get like the people here and there that are just like, well, what if I created like white girls pole? What would you do then? And, you know, so there is still that backlash of like, why does it have to be about race? And it's like, it's not about race. It's about giving women of color a safe space to feel seen and to feel heard and to be represented, you know? Um, and I always tell people, I'm like, go ahead, create white girls poll, create Italian girls poll. I don't care. Do what you want to do, you know? Uh, so there's, there's that backlash that'll slide into the DMS and the emails every now and then, but honestly, it's, it's been, you know, your white girls poll, do whatever you want. Right. Right. Do it. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with that oh yeah I can imagine especially now like with our times right now but what I guess you know sometimes I just feel like people miss the fact that it's not about we're not trying to exclude we're just trying to create space to re represent it's not about saying you're not right you, you can't be part of it you can't part of it right exactly because the amount of like allyship that goes into into this is is amazing the amount of people that are like what what do you need what can I do has also been so you know rewarding and so helpful that people want to see it succeed because they know that there's a need for it so that's been really awesome too to experience Amazing. So when you say worldwide, what are some of the new market spaces that you're going to go into? Oh man. Oh gosh. Well, we actually, we actually were scheduled to have a retreat in Cape town in South Africa. Um, but just because of like, so yeah. So it's like, eh, you know, but next year for sure. Um, but really just, I think the, the next thing is, is, finding other leaders, you know, um, to be able to say, I will oversee this and I will take up this and I will, you know, so really just building out the team, um, to be able to just get more people on pulse. <laughs> um, so I definitely want to be really mindful of your time. So can you, um, tell me and tell those of you who like want to learn, you know, be a part of, what you're doing in this world, learn more about you. Hey, like what is the best place that I can send them and take them to? Um, I mean, everything is black girls poll. It's literally blackgirlspoll.com, black girls poll on Instagram, black girls poll everywhere. Um, but also I, even if you're like not about the movement, I also just encourage people to try a pole dancing class. 
you know, you, you like literally never know. Um, it could change your life. You could hate it. You could absolutely love it. You could be like, that was really hard. I have a newfound respect for this. Um, but just, just take a chance on yourself and just give it a try because like, what do you have to lose? You have one life. You might as well just try all of the things and put it in your bucket list, um, to try a pole dancing class. I would definitely say so. Yeah. If, if you're in New York city, you can come take class with me. I teach at body and pole it's body and pole like body and soul, but body and pole. Um, and you can find me on Delijah Amelia. Um, on Instagram, my website, Delijah Amelia, my Twitter's Delijah Amelia. I don't really use Twitter, but Facebook is Delijah Amelia and it's D-A-L-I-J-A-H-A-M-E-L-I-A. Love it. And we'll link all of that up as Perfect. well. Yes. Just be fully transparent with you. Pull looks so hard. It is. It, I mean, it is not even the stigma. It is like, I am not going to be able to get my butt on that ball. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. I had like a like slap in the face humbling experience after coming back to it after having my my son. Um, he's one now. And I started getting back into it when he was around like four or five months. And I was like, this shit is so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Like so hard it does it looks so hard I think I would die yeah and I pulled through my pregnancy um until I was about like 30 weeks and then just taking that those like four or five months was like oh my gosh oh my gosh this is really hard so it is believe the hype when people say it's hard <laughs> for sure still does look fun so it is really fun though it is Cool. And then when you start like getting the muscles and you're just like, oh, I'm, oh. Looking, I'm looking good here. I'm looking sexy here. Like, you'll be like, I want to keep doing this. It's addicting for sure. Dancing. I know you're not competing now, but are you, are you dancing now? Like for your own practice? I am. So I'm back teaching uh, two days a week, which has been helpful for me just to rebuild my strength. Um, and then like training when I can. You know, my, my like last big, like my last big gig was, uh, when I was pregnant actually. Um, and I was on Saturday night live pole dancing, but, um, yeah, but since then I haven't really been, I'm like ready to get back into it, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do people have, this is a side note. I know. I'm sorry. I could like, check. no, no, go ahead. Do people rec do people hire one-on-one coaches or is it typically class only? Um, I do privates. A lot of people do privates. A lot of people only feel comfortable doing privates because they don't feel comfortable in class settings. Um, you know, you'll pay more for it. Uh, but a lot of people like to start off on privates, uh, just, you know, cause they don't want to feel or look whatever, but, um, I would like I was saying for me I would feel so awkward like I'm gonna die <laughs> but I think that the classes gives you a better understanding because it's like oh it's not just me that feels like really weird like everybody in here especially a beginner class like everybody in here feels like what the hell am I doing so I think there is like that that squad that happens, you know, you, you have a community around you of people that feel just as stupid as you do. 
I also, you know, I also think that, and we've talked about it a lot. Community really matters. Yes. So, you know, community, it's just so important. That's like community spaces are important because now not only are you going to have people going through it, you're going to get inspired by people. Yes. That is the biggest thing. Okay. Last question. And then I swear I said that last time, promise, cross my heart. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, When you're, you know, you said that routines are usually four minutes, right? Or the longest you'll be is four minutes. Who creates and crafts those? Is it your mind or is there a framework you have to? Um, it's, it's all your creativity, which is, which is, I think the best part about pole dancing is that you, you know, they might have to, they might say you have to do like 30 seconds of like floor work and like a minute of up the pole and blah, blah, blah. But you get to have the creative like liberty to do whatever you want. Um, I love coaching people. So I actually really love creating pieces for people. Um, so that a lot of people do go the coaching route. Um, and, and even I have a coach, you know, when I am in my trainings and stuff, I'll always go back to my mentor, um, Kira, and just be like, just be in the room with me, you know, cause she might see something that I might not see. So you always do want another set of eyes before you put it on stage for sure. Okay. That's cool. Love yeah. it. I think it goes along too with community coaches are yes. so valuable. You're, they're going to see things you don't see. Right. And it's really fun too. Like at our studio, when we, you know, when there's a big competition coming up or something, we'll actually have like a dress rehearsal the night before for anybody that's competing in that competition, they can like do their routine and like everybody will stay and, you know, they're like clapping and cheering and like just getting you excited, no matter how good or bad you did, or if you messed something up, it's still just like knowing that you have support behind you is really helpful. Okay. That is so cool. All right. Delijah, you are the jam. So thank you you so much for hanging out with me today. It was so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you. This is amazing. I'm like, this is so cool what you do. Like really it is. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.